All right. So before we get into the show, we want to invite you to share what you're stoked on for our Thanksgiving All Stoked On special. It's pretty easy to do. Record a voice note letting us know who you are, where you're from, and what you're stoked on. Take our lead from, you know, the past, I don't know, 150 shows that we've done. Have we done that many? I'm not sure. It can it's be art. It can be, yeah, it's, it's up there. It can be art, skating, life moments. You do you. Tell us what you're stoked on. Send that voice note to mostlyskateboarding at gmail.com and we'll be sharing that all stoked on episode the week of Thanksgiving that Sunday. It'll come out normal after the holiday. Let's get on to the show. Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Munzenreiter, and this week I'm joined by Patrick Gongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week we're jumping off from some broken norms at Street League to talk about skateboard etiquette, but first... It being video season, we'll discuss the latest releases from Zero and Palace. So it's Hesh versus Fresh time as we discuss Palace Skateboards' Beyond the Third Wave and Painkiller from Zero. They're two very different videos, or are they? Jason, I know uh, Zero ain't your genre, as you've said maybe once or twice on this podcast. Let's stick with your wheelhouse. Did the Palace video scratch your ongoing Eurotech itch? Yeah, it's funny. The Palace and the Eurotech Venn diagram is almost a perfect circle. Like, not almost, about halfway. Like, when they go to the Mediterranean, they're straight Eurotech. Like, in this video, I think they were in Greece. I'm guessing Greece because all the ledges were, like, that white marble, not granite marble. And there was a bunch of palm trees and, like, little villas in the background and shit. Then they're straight Eurotech. Uh, Greece as you might know, is the place where the world of spot porn and actual porn collide. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. When, maybe you did when, it. Maybe you didn't. Now you yeah, did. When, when Palace is in London, though, they're just like, we're going to skate the fuck out of this whole city. Kind of like um, a Zoo York, like golden era Zoo York type of thing where we'll skate like propped up tiles, grates, like the shittiest sidewalk, sidewalk gas, basically anything. So this video is probably probably gonna be remembered as the kyle wilson video yeah because he came out the gate um like a fucking maniac swing it yeah i mean when when you go pro i mean there's a many schools of thought as to when skate should go pro but i think that you really got to come out when you're ripping the hardest and it will be harder for him to rip any harder than he did in this video i like that i like that what do you think of the zero video oh zero video Music was great. I fucking love the music. I was definitely shazamming like a bitch, like uh, that deep <laughs> as I was watching it. Like, oh, that deep purple track, that deep purple deep cut. I mean, I've said it before. Like, Jamie Thomas has a knack for if that's his niche as far as music revision goes, like classic rock deep cuts. So you had that that deep purple track, some other shit. Um, as well, as far as the skating goes. Yeah, low intensity. Chris Cole, he's still out there doing it. Uh, Chris Weimer from Virginia Beach, Beach Kid, ripping. Uh, good to see Forrest. But the uh, well, overall, like our, our homie Lucas tweeted that zero skating or zero genre of skating, hand skating, whatever, is kind of like vert, vert skating of the modern day era. And he's kind of right because like vert, the vert dudes in the '80s, they were like they were the rock stars. They got all the chicks, got all the, the exposure. They were like box office, you know? Right. And then. 2000s 2000 2005 the rail dudes were the same shit you know what i mean they were it they were box office like ronnie Grigger fucking got cooked off kicked off as for not skating rails so now 
it's out of fashion. So they're basically like, well, we're just, we're just going to keep doing what we do. You know, as long as there's rails out there, we're going to skate them. And the vert dudes are like, well, if there's, if there's one vert ramp in the whole nation, then we'll just skate that, you know? Yeah. Sir. But yeah, the, yeah. Music, music was very tight. Jamie Thomas editing was pretty tight. Although there was too much slow motion in the first half, I thought for a zero video. That slam section was unnecessarily long. I'm sorry. Like either don't put it in there at all or just leave it towards the end, just like in Welcome to Hell. But that was gratuitous. Do you mean the patience slam section or the other slam section? Oh, patience. I've always got time for patience. Yeah. But like the opening, the the beginning of the video. Come on, dude. Yeah, you can't you can't open a video that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Listen, y'all, y'all know my stance on slam section. Don't injure the videos like like I said last week. It shows bad vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you can't get stoked on that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Easy, so dog. <laughs> easy, dog. We can't. We can't end the show right that now. That ends. Then that. That's our show for this week. Yeah. <laughs> for all you with short commutes, um, no, but like, um, this is a little weird. Actually, no, it's not weird at all. I mean, I loved Welcome to Hell. I love Jump Off a Building. First couple of vi- zero videos were fantastic, and this felt like an actual sort of like when music critics will say an artist is doing a return to form after having a few or many wayward years. This feels like that. This like this feels like the first good David Bowie album after Tin Machine and Glass mm-hmm. Spider and all that. Tin Machine. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> Man, this was like like Canon Dern. Like it was getting the Guns and Roses. It was appropriate. Like I would have. It still would have been amazing to see Heath Kirchhart skate into GNR. But um, it worked for this dude. I do think I will take, I have one critique with some of the music that instrumental stoner rock has got to go from Thrasher videos. Just stop. Either have some lyrics or, <laughs> or don't. Uh, I feel like America was the biggest defender with that. Well, I guess the both of them, they're like co-conspirators, you know? Right. <laughs> but like, it, like at this point, it just like, it sucks. Like, it's just not fun anymore. And mind you, I actually really like stoner rock, but it gets a little boring for some videos um but yeah this was a zero video and like that's what you got and this was actually really 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 fun and speaking of guns and roses you know what the ultimate would be you know how mark suchu and this is totally unrelated but related you want to know how you want to know how mark suchu could get skater of the year he keeps putting out bombing a hill wait what bombing a hill (laughs) he should bomb a hill but actually this could be the beginning of his part he should skate to estranged by guns and roses that would be yeah. that, that would be if you skate to estranged you deserve skater of the year if you could put together a part that perfectly matches the ebb and flow of that song if you can have a scene where you're diving off an oil tanker and you're wearing some converse high tops and you're swimming with dolphins if you could get on that level at where guns and roses were uh, oh my goodness yeah I actually used to run those converse weapon high tops pretty heavy hell yeah but like that's <laughs> that's the peak like if you could if you can skate consistently to estrange, if you can put together parts of that song, Sodi, just like that. Okay. Yeah, it's funny with the music. It's like I went with the palace, we got instrumental house, techno, whatever. And then with the zero, we got instrumental stoner metal or whatever the fuck, you know, it's like two sides of the same coin or whatever. But yeah, like Jamie Thomas is, I think I saw some interview, like his favorite video is a soldier story. And that was the first video to have really like cinematic editing like with the whole sheppy section with the um enrico maritone yeah yeah spaghetti western music and it's tight that he's still doing that that kind of fucking completely over the top cinematic editing like no one else is doing that shit i love it that actually so fucking over the top 
that plays in exactly to what I want to say that it's, it's, it, it's kind of pointless to actually compare these two videos in terms yeah. of like, it is Hesh versus Fresh, completely different things. You know, they're, I'm like doing a hand motion for all us on radio. They're, they're, they're not even going parallel or anything. They don't even cross. If I have a gripe about the Palace video, and it's a major gripe, I thought it was boring because I thought the music was boring as hell. Like, what? I know that I, yeah. That yeah, was let, great. No, let's, let's, let's like think about that Kyle Wilson part. This is it, basically, it was the Kyle Wilson part that bummed me out on the music supervision for uh, what, Beyond the Third Wave. Dude, he skates to like what might as well be a rights free beat and then the music is so turned down it's it, there is an issue with like the sound mixing in that video and then he skates to another song and i can't even remember it but it's just like a monotonous beat and then a video and then a song i forget about and then he does that switch heel which is insane at south bank and then they give us some loud ass fucking wild english hip-hop i'm you know grasping for words to truly describe it properly because there's you know probably a way more accurate descriptor for it and you're like hell yeah this is what we want he's gonna have a third song and then it's just over <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, I keep going no no man i, I i've said what i need <laughs> yeah i mean listen if you're not into the the house vibes you're probably gonna be bummed with the music supervision but i mean i i fuck with that so i, I thought it was cool like like the I, justify my love instrumental Hell yeah. I thought, that, I thought that was pretty funny. Shout out Lenny Kravitz for writing that song. So I absolutely come from the, like the Jamie Thomas house of skate video where it's yeah, like, yeah. It, you know, the music is, I don't know, 55%, 59% of what a video part is all about. Unless the skating is going to be like 140%, you know, defying mathematics. But um, like there, uh, it's it's a theory that is not going to move the needle for anyone who's made up their mind but i really do think that maybe the audio on the uh on the music in the palace video was turned down too low but i really thought it was just kind of like it was stagnant it wasn't i don't know i i need everything hit cuz obviously the skating is going to be good and yeah it was shot well it was edited well but the music left me being like what the hell is going on here so does this mean that you prefer Palace shot in standard definition on a VHS or Betacam as opposed to Palace in HD. I'm going to be a total jerk and just say that, like, I barely watched any of that stuff either. I'm not much of a, like, Palace is cool, but... It's just not hidden for you. It doesn't hit for me. I'm kind of left wanting in... Actually, I would probably say that, you know, when it's not shot in HD, this was a very conventional skate video. Oh, yeah. Like when I, I'm looking for non-conventional palace stuff and this was conventional. It was shot in HD. It wasn't especially like we were talking last week about how um, Strobeck is really inventive when it comes to editing and you kind of don't know what's going to happen despite all the slow-mo and all that. Like this was, this was a very straightforward skate video and I probably would have wanted more in another in that department or another department or like they turn up the music so that it's not just background shit i don't know well i do know it's all those things yeah but because there's also that question of um you know like uh jamal smith apparently is sitting on a part like a whole part 
And Palace also has that Detroit 3019 video that they've been working on for some time. Obviously, COVID interrupted um, the next leg of filming for that for that project. But I would have loved to have seen some more Jamal Smith. I mean, he's the man. Yeah. But Jameer Brown, yo, shout out to Jameer Brown. Like, I love I love that dude skating. And he's just like he's just like a fly dude. His glasses, his kits, like his yeah, outfit, yeah. and just like just the way he skates and like his whole. His, it's like the perfect mix of old Philly and new Philly together. And it's just, oh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And he's he's also like a real pleasure to follow on Instagram too. Just like seeing him uh, hopping around the mid-Atlantic, occasionally going over to England to film. I really, I really love that. And I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for future projects. Like this was, this was almost like this served as like a, maybe this Pals video was less to be a, it was less about being a cultural moment, like say V-Nice or Palasonic, and more like, yo, we're still here, though, right? Like, consider this a little bit more like a, like a mixtape or kind of like those um, kind of like those albums that Jay-Z did with, uh, what's them boys, uh, all them Philly dudes, all them Rock La Familia oh, albums. Young Guns? Yeah, 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 I think it was, yeah, I think it was Young Guns. Like, yeah, just like, it's like, it's, it's a little bit, it's on a slightly different track than the rest of their work, but it's still, like, it's still fire. And I'll also say this. I would love to see Blondie back on Palace. Like there was something about him and that whole mix that really put it all together. I I really love watching him skate in Palace videos. Is, is he doing his own brand or what's he doing? He's doing Thames, which is his own brand, um, and modeling. And I think he's a I want to say, I think he's a father. So respect. He's a so. yeah respect man. So he's like he's a, obviously a busy dude. And I think also too like uh, he'd been running with the Palace crew since he was a. Uh, uh, basically a kid and so in skateboarding you know there's always that consideration of what do you want to do next um there's a recent interview with ed templeton we'll post a link to it in the show notes where they ask him about and this is actually related to zero they ask him about you know with welcome to hell becoming so successful and becoming a video that actually became iconic in the truest sense of the word how did it feel mm-hmm. to have jamie decide that he wanted to go off and do zero and ed said you know one thing i learned from my own experience was that I'm paraphrasing here. He said, you know, one thing I learned is that you kind of got to let people do what they want to do and focus on the projects that they want to focus on. Like you're, you're only going to have a certain window with people in skateboarding. And that's actually some advice that he gives to a lot of skaters who get onto a machine. It's like, you're not going to be able to skate forever. Think about some other things that you want to be able to accomplish creatively, skateboarding wise, whatever. Um, and just thinking about how, just thinking about where Zero came from, just like that sort of, you know, that weird little commercial in Welcome to Hell. You're like, oh, cool. What's what's Zero? What's American Zero? And then Throw of It All came out and, oh, it was beautiful. It was a really, like, it was a really, like, exciting time. And that was... Uh, yeah. When, like, uh, when that type of, like, serious rail skating, when that shit dropped, it was amazing. It was so much fun. It was just so out of the league of what I was capable and and am capable of doing, but also what other skater, skaters that I grew up skating with, this is beyond the reach of their ability as well. So it was just fascinating. And it's starting to feel like, you know, I think we had joked about this talking about America and the whole kind of like crew denim, dirty, dirty, you know, dirty back white t-shirt, uh, skating to stoner rock or, you know, maybe rainbow, something like that. That's probably going to be back heavy next year. Well, I mean, heading off that, you know, the, the, the coming trend wave or whatever. You got me thinking like when it's we got to do the next thing. But Jamie Thomas has been doing the same thing for going on 25 years with zero. 
And I think the last time, the last time a zero video came out, I don't know if I said it on this podcast. I don't remember if we, if we discussed it, but I was like, I think we did. We really need this. And I think I know, I know like in our, in our group chat, Patrick, you said you really liked the zero video painkiller. And I feel like I, I liked a lot of it, you know, it kind of the slow-mo. I, I don't know if we need slow-mo anymore, but overall it was like, damn, this was pretty cool. These are cool skaters. I like this. So what was the question I was going to ask you? Like has zero turned a corner? Is it all of a sudden is all of a sudden the old new again or yes. What do you think, Jason? Yeah. I, I mean, people have been joking about like, Oh yeah. After like the nineties thing, like the two thousands will come back, but people have been saying that for a while and it hadn't happened yet. So, I mean, on a, on a street level, until I see kids really embracing, you know, this, this genre again, it's going to be like, all right, zero, zero still doing what they do. They're still zero. Shout out to them, you know, but a couple more things about this video though. Um, that one guy, wasn't he Adam Arunsky or something? Yep. Yeah. He, um, faking three, six flip over a table. Yeah. Shit. That was gnarly. I thought it was an MBD, but Greco of all people did it. In one of those videos he made a few years ago. What do you and mean of all people? <laughs> I, not was, like, I, I agree. All people. Like, but I mean, like, Greco? Okay. Greco, he's not like a picnic table killer. You know what I mean? In Or what one would think of being a, a picnic table killer. So shout out Greco as well. And shout out that guy, Adam Ronsky, for wearing a blind guardian t-shirt. Hell yeah. And skating to deep purple. Like you said, like deep purple, deep cut. Yeah, Deep Purple is pretty underrated. Deep Purple, if you, if you go to Russia, Deep Purple is like the Beatles for whatever reason. Oh yeah, that's apparently, <laughs> but that's sick. That sounds but amazing. Yeah, yeah, Blind, yeah, Blind Guardian. If if you don't know, they're like one of the nerdiest uh, uh, European power metal bands out. They're like super technical and nerdy. Like they made a whole record about the Tolkien novel, The Cimmerillion. Oh wow. Which is like a it's like a prequel to Lord of the Rings. Anyway, it's just like a super nerdy metal shirt. I thought that was dope. So then as back far as to, So back to your point earlier, Mike mm-hmm. and Jason, please jump in on this. Um, is there gonna be a point where well last week there was lots of discussion about uh, Strobex and and y'all covered it well and also there was a lot of side discourse um in the many channels of skate discussion, group text, slap, skate Twitter, shout out to them. Is there gonna come a point where Palace jumps this shark, where people will decide that they want to direct their attention elsewhere. Because the thing is, the quality of skating has always been great in Palace videos. Now it just looks better. And also, the out- but the thing is, with that acknowledgement that the skating has always been good and the quality, the look of the videos is better, uh, two things. Number one, Mike, to your point about the sound, most kids do not care how things sound. If you ever hear how most people play music out of their phones or out of a you know like a bluetooth speaker it's fuzzed out right like it's amazing like it's like people are 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 it's not quite it's not tone deaf because you know things are in key but just like it just sounds atrocious it's grating to the ear but is there going to come a point where are are we almost at that point where people are going to be looking somewhere else stylistically editing wise culture wise for uh the next steps the next wave in street skating because like Palace bronze, like that really like the whole kind of like minimal techno, uh technical outerwear, a lot of a lot of uh Sergio Tacchini tracksuits, old Nike and Adidas tracksuits, that kind of look. 
you've seen it, you're seeing it in places where nobody dresses like that. So you can tell that's how influential Palace was or is. Uh, but at some point, people are going to get tired of that. And I don't know, then there's going to be all sorts of tracksuits for sale secondhand. I'm going to grab all of them up. But I think that we are probably on the cusp of uh, the Zero stuff, finding a new audience, because think about all these new folks who have gotten into skateboarding the last couple of years. And I don't know, you show them Jamie Thomas's part from Welcome to Hell. That hits. Uh, that, let that me jump in here. Yo, yo, let me jump in here because the Palace video looked good. Well, yeah, it looked good. I've got my beef with the sound editing, but was it like the most, which had better skating, the Palace video or the Zero video? And I know it's not apples to apples, but I'd argue the Zero video had like skating that at least pushed the limits a little bit. My point being that I feel like the Palace guys, as dope as they are, like, Hater De Silva had the most memorable stuff in there where it was like, he looks dope doing pretty much anything on a skateboard. And I was worried that he was an Instagram only guy, but that part was really good. But I mean, forgive me for getting the, the last dude's name. He just turned pro and, you know, he put out a, put out an interesting part, but at the same time, it could have been in a zero video as like the guy in the middle of the video in 2003. I mean, it, it's different. I mean, like that Lucas Puig part, for example. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. He's not, he's, he's not progressing it either, though. Like, it's some of that shit's hit a wall, I feel like. Wow. These are these are fire takes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, Lucas, you know, had a major injury at this point. Looking at his body of work, any footage that we get from him is like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Two major injuries. He he injured yeah. and then re-injured his ACL on one of his knees. So yo, no Lucas Slander here. But it, it, like it, I always try to try to separate the me, a skater who has a body that is constantly trying to just keep skating, versus me, the skateboard fan, where it's like, all right, what's good, what's bad, and yeah, those those two people come in conflict quite often. So just putting that out there also the zero video did not have a tornado spin so how about that objectively true yeah it was good to see the return of the tornado spin uh for sure but yeah listen um it all depends on your point of view i guess like palace is kind of selling and they've been selling for a while this kind of euro skate gentleman of leisure lifestyle which is dope which is you know what i aspire to and Elias kind of <laughs> in the same vein zero the brand narrative is is just kind of like you know jump down you know destroy your body jump down stuff super aggro i mean yes yeah, definitely more aggro i've said it before like skate feeders supposed to be aggro and like yeah zero video is aggro as fuck oh it's not just international men of leisure there's now a lady amongst their ranks savannah keenan oh so, yeah yeah shout, shout out to her out oh to her. and also a a I guess newish footage from uh, Kareem Baktawi, who mostly does the jewelry stuff for Palace, but has had a bunch of clips in their earlier edits and videos. So it's nice to see him back. Like, like it's and also Hater de Silva, yo, dude is nice on a mini ramp. Like, oh, like I, I, I get Daywan and I like from him. Like, I, I, him and Daywan are. I feel like we're again in the apples, apples and oranges zone as far as the mini ramp goes. In terms of them both being insane, but yeah, different approaches. I love his mini ramp footage. Like, give give me hater on what that must must be an Oslo mini ramp mm-hmm. where he's always skating with Oski. No, I'm in the wrong city. 
Where the hell should I be? Doesn't Malmo. matter. Helsinki? Malmo? Helsinki. Where does he live? Okay, sidebar. We need in American parks, like, various mini ramps of just various sizes. Just give us a random mini ramp. There's no explanation for it. You don't even put a sign up. Like, we will take the mini ramp away from you if you litter. Don't bother. Build mini ramps in American parks. Lots of them. Lots of them. So many of them. We'll Wait, what sizes? I'm thinking there. like three, a three foot, three, three with the three with the five foot extension, three okay. to escalate, four to six extension, like six and under. Oh, we also need a wide mini ramp too. There was a park. But it's got to be wide as hell. It's yeah. got to be forty. There was a, a park yeah. in, or there is a park in. I think it's in South Pasadena called La Pintoresca. And they used to have this wide black mini ramp. I believe it was five foot. I could be wrong, but it was perfect to skate. It was a beauty. Um, and you really wouldn't get bothered skating over there. That's actually one of the, the places where I decided that I needed to learn first aid after I had to help out a kid who smashed his head on the, um, on a rail nearby. But anyway, besides the point, they recently redid the park or the city redid the park and they did it in that standard like uh, concrete uh, skate park with the yellow the yellow tips on everything. Yeah, they, like all the like all the Cali parks. Yeah, and they got rid of the mini ramp. Leave the mini ramp. Should have left leave the, mini, the ramp. mini ramp. Like it was like a mini ramp. Like and there's a basketball court next door. I was like, y'all could have saved thousands of dollars by just having that mini ramp, a couple slappy curbs, and some ledges. And a good quarter pipe. Like, damn, like spending all this money and it's like we don't really ask for much. Yeah, that kid hater was pretty one of the few people that's interesting to watch on a mini ramp. For sure. There are great many. Yeah, weren't most of them in um, virtual reality? Yeah, and virtual reality <laughs> questionable and secondhand smoke. Yeah, it's like it's Plus like day hater, one. hater, Oski, Day One, Barker Barrett, Jeremy it's, Ray. I, yeah, yeah, shout out Barker Barrett. I, I saw. Oh yeah, I don't, know, I don't think I've ever seen him skate me around. Nah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you Jeremy Ray on theory, but I've never seen it. Okay, Jeremy know, Ray on the Plan B mini ramp. He's in secondhand smoke. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in secondhand smoke. He just drops in, does like a gigantic frontside flip. That's all I, I remember. I think I mean, uh, maybe maybe that's enough to sell you. That's enough to sell me. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, definitely day one's got to be on that list. So um, Barker Barrett, the Barker Barrett explanation. I was at Woodward, nineteen ninety-five or six. I don't know. And it, it's worth noting that. One-time podcast guest Kyle Beachy said that Woodward was the MFA of skateboarding in a tweet. Take that as we will. But uh, <laughs> he said it tonight, Thursday. Go track it down, guys. But uh, Barker Barrett skating like this Woodward mini ramp, all the bells and whistles. It's like infinite feet wide. There's a channel. There's extensions. For some reason, they didn't have any escalators. But Barker Barrett's feet never moved. And they were always over the bolts and he'd do like a back D and his feet were over the bolts and it didn't make sense. And he'd like backsmith and front feeble. And that was dope. That's my whole Barker Barrett story. Yeah. Anyone who is like at their peak in that early nineties, like planet earth, eighth street, next generation era, you know, you had to be good at mini ramp. It was like fucking mandatory. Oh, that's it. We didn't mention Tom Penny. Like, come on, dude, Tom Penny, mini ramp, like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Forget about but, it. but Tom Penny on anything. Tom Penny yeah, skate, yeah, yeah, skates yeah, vert, sure. too, right? Yeah. Yeah, CSK vert. Dude, Tom Penny, give us a call. Come on the show. You guys think that Tom Penny ever... I'm trying to think, like, were there any ever contest controversies with Tom Penny? What 
what was that English contest where the guys ran into each other on the car obstacle? That was 1990, Europe 1997 at Wembley. It was, I don't wow. remember the name of the competition, but that's where the, the phrase Wembley Gap, which we call a Euro Gap, came from. And it was Pat Duffy and Mark Gonzalez. It was the beginning of a 411 uh, Europe. Yeah, I think it was Europe 97. And they're skating to, the opening is to Club to Death by Rob D, which was Ooh. in The Matrix. And if you're thinking about Tom Penny controversy, Radlands 1994, where all the American pros were talking mad shit and shooting spitballs at him because, you know, we don't know how to act when we travel abroad. And then 1995, <laughs> he goes and wins the contest and everyone's cheering for him. And he's just like, he looks cool as shit. And they're like, you know, it's like one of us, one of us. But like, yeah, that's he didn't do anything wrong. People were, were, were giving him a hard time. Well, that's iconic. Yeah, I that Europe 95, Tom Penny. I think he nolly flips the little tiny bump to bump. He goes up the Radlins rolling, almost to rolling as iconic as the Tampa one. And he does that switch front side flip, smiles towards Dan Wolf's camera. We love that. Um, we're talking about more controversial skate contest moments as we move on to our little bit on skate etiquette. So at last weekend's SLS Super Crown World Championships. I'm not making up that name. The usual high fives and hugs were disrupted by what some might call some uncouth trick choices by Nigel Houston during the semifinal best trick round. So here's the setup. Immediately following Alex Midler's guess attired kickflip gap to back lip attempt. Is he riding for guess? Don't answer yet, guys. I. Uh, oh. Please do answer then. I would assume so if he's wearing, I guess, apparel in a major contest. Yeah, I mean, that was the uh, SLS Super Crown World Championships. So uh, Midler tries a gap, kickflip gap backflip, and he lands on it and he slams in like one of those uncomfortable ways where you land on your ribs with your arm up and it's like, oh, that sucked. But he is, you know, a top top of the line like athlete in terms of skateboarding and he gets up and gets out of the way midler slams he's not happy with it and then nigel rolls in and does the exact same kick lip back lip an awkward encounter with midler on the deck ensued with midler uh pretty much trying not to look at nigel at all and like Nigel almost touching him to like get his attention. Midler's just not having it. He turns his back. Uh, no daps were shared. That insanely long preamble out of the way. Patrick, did Nigel break any of skateboarding's unwritten rules, in your opinion? Absolutely. He violated for real. And after that Olympic loss, I get the feeling like he doesn't care anymore. It doesn't matter mm. what other people think. Now he realizes that, oh, I just got to win doesn't matter what I do. If it means stealing somebody else's trick, if it means cutting somebody off, snaking someone, I don't care. And I imagine that after taking an L as publicly as he did in the Olympics, champion as a golden boy for Team USA, Team USA doesn't even, he doesn't, my man doesn't even podium, you know? Everyone's asking, is, is, is our dude washed? Like, he's basically, I think he now he's just like in wrestling, like, um, uh, and sorry, I don't really know WWE, WWF that well, but I do know that maybe he's decided to take a heel turn. He's decided, like, you know what? If people are going to see me as a bad guy, all right, cool. 
I don't want to be a nice, clean-cut Nigel Houston. I never was. Look at these tattoos. I'm a bad dude, right? I mean, yeah, he definitely violated it. He doesn't care. He 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 did win, so winning isn't <laughs> winning is the only thing. And for him, it's just like you get it how you live. Um, which then leads to the question, though: What is good contest etiquette, and what's the difference between spot etiquette, you know, when you're street skating, or DIY etiquette and contest etiquette? Would be awesome to hear, like Jason, Mike, like. What do you all think? Like, do you agree or disagree that he violated? And what do you think is like, how deep does contest etiquette go? Also, I've uh, only, I've skated a jam once. I came in sixth. I didn't, I barely nice. landed anything, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we live in a society and <laughs> if we don't have standards for interacting with other human beings, then society breaks down it'll be like escape from new york <laughs> yeah you can't one up someone like one up one upping someone like that is is a crazy it's a crazy look like it shows a total lack of a uh, kind of like social awareness i think is the term and like you could see Nigel going up to him at the end like and he said like i was trying to back you up or something like that and like the <laughs> announcers Something to that effect, and like Jeff Rowley and the other guy were trying to downplay it, like, "Oh, he backed him up, blah blah blah." Like, man, if if someone went up me and like after I just uh, you know busted my ass trying to you know kickflip backflip some crazy rail, I'd be like seeing white. Like, I don't know, like if I was, I don't. Midler was, I don't know. I'd be ready to fight straight up. I mean, what would Mike Vallely do? All, all I'm left sitting here wondering, like, that was Raleigh. That was the second voice. Raleigh's sounding like some guy they imported from i don't know like some third level football club announcing to like get in there that's crazy no i no Rolly's a good announcer oh yeah i don't know i'm so begging on it i only watched that thing uh, yeah i watched a couple of them and yeah he's pretty announcer like another shit of course like says interesting shit but yeah this at least warranted like an nba like hold me back type of fight you know some shit like that like I really think those, because uh, we're on the announcers, and I wholly agree that like Midler could have like shoved him, and it would have been legal. The announcers should have been like, "Wait, he just did the trick that guy just slammed doing. Like, why did he do that? Like, it's okay to pull the veil back." And I, I'd, I'd be really interested in asking either of them or both. Like, dudes, why didn't you say something about that? You both know that's fucked up. Yeah, you're right. Uh, wait, Jason, I would I, definitely. I forgot what I was. I forgot what I was going to say. No, wait. I, I remember what I was going to say. Like, wh- like, is there? Are there like technical fouls in street league? Like, can you get fined? I don't think there's referees. Fighting? No, no. There's yeah. There's no refs. There's no technical. I don't there know. should be a ref. I'll Who knows? I'll be a ref. I'll be a ref. I mean, Call given toe drag, toe given, drag. Given Sorry. some of the volatile personalities that were in contest skating in the 1990s i'm genuinely surprised that more fights didn't break out but maybe you you know like if this was a common thing don't you think there would be there would be more footage of mike villaley like getting in people's faces and fighting yeah you're right surprised there wasn't more of that the only one i can remember and just because there was a photo of it in slap like one of the early issues of slap was oscar jordan versus steve barra at some castle contest (laughs) Shout out to Oscar Jordan. <laughs> yeah, <shout out> Jordan. <laughs> I mean, who knows? no disrespect, Barra, but even Steve Barra admits that back in the day he could be a little bit of uh, 
a little bit of a troublemaker. You know, he definitely, you know, he definitely got into beef with Javante and Oscar Jordan. Like, it was definitely a thing. Apparently, he's chilled out a lot as a, as a proper adult, and even him and Javante have, have squashed that beef. But, like, back to the 90s, like, they were, like, skating wasn't just, like, I would even revise my previous statement and say that yeah, it wasn't I mean, just volatile personalities. It was, like, dudes who could fight and were down to look for fights. Uh contest beef i recently had this one rehashed like i confirmed it via instagram chat with a twin cities uh source but justin lynch first guy from the twin cities 80s uh, yeah late 80s early 90s maybe i'm not as old as the people involved but um you know he, he was a vert guy he was a vert pro out of the twin cities he was snaking people at avert contest and uh he basically got dropped in on and dropped and like got his back broken in the uh in the whole process and that was like ben schroeder broke like dropped in on him hold on i gotta i gotta check this on (laughs) on the chat log i mean the 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 other thing too is that um if you're gonna have a situation where people are just wilding and snaking each other let it be like a gems ramp jam which actually what was it the texas death match where it was kind of just like anything goes, as many people dropping in and doing tricks as possible. That's completely legit. And by the way, that's a contest that we need to bring back. Yeah, that was legendary. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but back to the whole Niger thing. Yeah, I think this is just his new. This is just his new. This is his new vibe. He doesn't care. He's never going to be skater of the year. He probably won't win an Olympic medal. So you know what? I'm just going to go and win, and I don't care. I'm going to steal your trick, whatever, bro. Like he's he he has always been hyper competitive like that. Now he's just leaning into it and doesn't care how he he comes off for it. Like he's he's paid, you know. Yo, can I can I get the the explanation of why uh, Justin Lynch got clotheslined during a vert contest for what? Least, uh, you know ramp ramp? You know it was like a vert ramp contest. He was clotheslined, and uh, according to my OG Twin Cities skateboarding ramp skating source, it was Ben Schroeder, and I quote. Justin used to snake all the pros. He snaked Jeff Phillips, and those two ran into each other, and Phillips got hurt. Schroeder dropped in on Justin on purpose and slammed into him on the flat bottom. That's a paraphrase. But, like, okay, that's probably a level of violence that we don't really condone anymore. We well, don't. Wait, was it <laughs> every day? Oh, no, you say listen. I, I'm down to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, couple things. One at least Street League has a, a honest-to-goodness rivalry now. Um, it's the most interesting thing that happened in Street League maybe ever. The whole, like, you know, oh, we're all bros, blah, blah, It's just, like, a big session, blah, blah, blah. Like, that was getting kind of old anyway. So I'm definitely going to be watching next Street League to see what the fuck is going to happen. And sure. second of all, in terms of spot etiquette, if you're going to do the same trick as someone – you got to ask, like, yo, do you mind if I do that trick right there? You know? Yeah. Same as if you're going to wha- wax a ledge, especially if you're not a local. If you're not a local, you de- you definitely have to, you know, be like, oh, do you mind if I wax a ledge, blah, blah, blah. So and then like- that, that brings up the, a follow-up question, Jason. Um, what about the fact that you have a lot of kids at skate parks and skate spots now? It's like, okay, I'm going to be out of pocket here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Some of these kids got no home training. No etiquette. Oh, yeah. they, don't, they don't say what's up. They don't, you know, they, they can't even make like basic eye contact. Like, you know, and I'm, and you know, 
and this is with the understanding that we have a much greater uh, perception understanding of neurodiversity and that not everybody feels comfortable or actually is able to uh, understand or respond to certain social cues. That being said, like from like the littering to just like, I mean, like the other, like this is another huge one is like all the non-black kids at skate spots and skate parks in LA dropping the N-bomb, right? And it's like, I'm here though. Like I'm right here. Like we're in the middle of a black neighborhood and this is what you're saying. Uh, but that's, that's, that's uh, probably an entirely different conversation. But like, how do you address the fact that you have a lot of kids who don't know how to or don't know how to socially interact in the way that we expect them to? Uh, and that a lot of skateboarding is these unwritten cues about uh, unwritten behavioral cues. Like, how do you how do you respond to that and still maintain the same sort of I don't know. This sounds a little bit uh, highfalutin, but sanctity of the space or the spot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, I kind of think like you know, back in the day, but you know, if you were a dick, like the the locals would let you know you're a dick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You'd, you'd like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, say what's up. But now I'm like, you know what? I have my own kids. It's not my job to teach you basic human interactions. I'm just like, whatever about it, you know, especially at a, at a park, at a skate park. You know, it's, it's really tough. Um, <laughs> I feel like half the time you get on the skate Twitter and basically anything where you're like, nah, man, don't do that. It's judged as gatekeeping which is like, maybe I'll reveal myself as something heinous, but, you know, if you're trying to kind of put guardrails on anything, it's also gatekeeping. That's a really clunky analogy. But, you know, I was like, I got out one of the last nice days in Minneapolis. I got down to uh, Skate Downtown Minneapolis. It's the Hennepin County Government Center is basically like a free-for-all spot right now. It's amazing. Is that that spot with the those brick pyramids? Uh, yeah. There's there's brick banks and there. Oh yeah, that's spot some, like wild. Yeah, well, it's like brick floor and then it's granite banks on one side of the building, and then you go to the other side and it's like granite ledges as well. It, it's fantastic. You know, we were out there on a Saturday night. It was 57 in late October. And there were these kids that were a. They were terrible at the session. They were just like in the way all the time and there was actually a lot of people there so i'll give them i'll give them that but they were also like hacking the ground being shitty and i was like can i kick these kids out and, and <laughs> i didn't know what to do like like can i can i boot some kids from the spot and it just seemed like you know we ended up at a different spot and i was talking with some you know minneapolis guys some milwaukee guys because it was a very blessed weekend here in minneapolis where there was like guys from out of state and we all agreed like there's there's kind of a thing where people don't know how to act anymore and people can't be called out and spot etiquette is kind of a lost art because here's the point you know if if these kids we we were skating the spot and there was 20 older dudes you know 20 20 years old plus up to 40 up to 45 or whatever and then these dudes were in their like teens they were they might have rode the bus or gotten dropped off by their parents they were like 15 but they were acting like idiots at the spot and then they were acting at idiots like idiots at other spots and we all agreed 
fuck, man. If I saw these older guys, I'd just I'd get the hell out of there, man. I'm not even trying to skate with them. I'd maybe watch, but I wouldn't do what those do. So the long of the short, the short of the long is like, I don't know if those standards exist anymore. I don't know. I mean, you raise, a, um, and that's a really great anecdote because I also wonder like, you know, in, in most, in a lot of traditional societies. So for a lot of us who grew up in uh, immigrant or first generation homes, like the idea of being disciplined by other people's parents was very much the norm. Like you acted up, you know, you were getting spanked at your friend's house, <laughs> you know, your cousin, whoever. And then when you got home, they would tell you about it as well. Oh my goodness. Um, and, both of you guys are parents, and I can't speak on this. Like, I mean, you probably would have been in the right to be like, hey, yo, young folks, come here. Let me, let me talk to you for a minute, right? Because here's the thing. If you don't learn that lesson, if you don't learn that lesson in a, in a space where you can actually learn it easily, you'll learn the lesson the hard way. And which do you want for, want for a kid? If it's a form of like discrimination or ableism or you're being a dick and being exclusionary, that shit's out. Like that's like leave that shit in the in the mid nineties. It's nice to be able to go skating now and like, you know, you agree people, it's like, hey, good morning, how you doing? But you know, we're also <laughs> I'm skating with a lot of older folks here. But um but like with kids, it's it is a it is a bit of a tightrope rock walk, but I don't think it I don't think that it's particularly out of pocket to call a kid out for certain bad behavior. A uh, big one like would be like littering and shit like that. Uh, oh, because, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Anything like littering or tagging, tagging a good spot, anything that's going to fuck up the uh, skateability of the spot is, yeah, no. Like, yeah. And like, you, yeah, you got to say something. And tagging, and, and, and this is like somebody just doing a shitty tag. If you recognize that as a tag from like a local set, crew, gang, whatever, um, we ain't all Mike Vallely out here, so <laughs> yeah. That's, Proceed yeah, with LA, caution. Yeah, in LA, there's different uh, factors. And so you see someone throwing up, you know, throwing up uh, their local set on the wall. Just be like, okay, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, but you know, if it's just somebody scrolling like their 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 bad, like terrible little kid uh, little kid tag, you can call them out on that. Real talk. But then again, you know, like there are people who say like, hey, you know, graffiti culture, street culture, skateboarding, street culture. These two are are one and the same, but uh yeah i guess there's a little bit of like there's a bit of nuance and you kind of have to you kind of have to approach each situation differently but you know back to the question of niger and this this contest etiquette um Mm. i don't know i i guess i guess because skateboarding is so small that maybe that acted as a sort of like a a self-correcting mechanism because you know very similar to how like bad behavior on a tour or just you know weirding people out on a tour will get you kicked off you know, you reckon that if you act out and you start fighting people at contests, not only is your sponsor going to be like, well, we're dropping you. Who else is going to pick you yeah, up? And true. Like, like, what, we're going to send you to Tampa Am or Tampa Pro and you're going to beat everybody up? And Mike Vallely going to have to put you in a chokehold and tell you to chill out? Yeah, if you got a bunch of corporate sponsors like your energy drinks or your big shoe companies, that's a whole nother deal. But is that so, a double yeah, standard? Right. Is that a double standard? Because like the same Nike that sponsors hundreds of basketball players right and baseball players who will clear the benches to scrap in the middle of the mound right like why is it in skateboarding you can't just while out yeah i don't yeah i'm, I'm yeah that's true i've never heard of anyone getting dropped from there yeah that and i mean if you sponsor because because of a fight well yeah. in 
baseball, it's like it's like that's all, if someone throws bench clearing brawl is like all American. You know what I mean? It's like exactly by contrast with hockey, it's like it's expected. So maybe like you might get like an extra bonus or something like that. Yeah. Uh, one one other thing, I would I would pay to see Mike do the classic James Kelch or Mike Carroll, just like point off in the distance and be like out. Oh hell yeah! And like would, also like <laughs> shout out to Mike Vili, out, like always out. sticking up for skaters. Yeah, he's on the right side of history with that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yo, he saved the Muska man. He saved the Muska so, from getting arrested. I, I will say, like, off that topic, I did see the only time I was twenty four years ago, and uh, a guy swung on another skater during practice at the third layer skate park, like nineteen ninety seven contest because he was snaking everything. He got swung on. And it was bizarre because it was like, yeah, random, like watching from across the park, guy swung on the guy and he like dodged it, but then he had to jump off the back of a four foot quarter pipe. Yeah, I think actually, oddly enough, I seem to remember the Olympics. They had some, I mean, I I'm, I'm, might be wrong here. They had some rule where if you did the same trick as someone in the best trick contest, it didn't count. I don't know where I'm getting rule. that from. So but that, seemed, that, but that seemed like a good rule. Like if you want up someone, you get zero point zero. I mean that actually, a lot animal house. I here's here's the thing. Like when you think about the let's say the Tampa Pro best trick, which is on an obstacle, but you kind of like decide where you're gonna win it. It's absolutely bizarre and yeah, fucked up to do the same trick a dude just slammed on because like especially on that street league course, there's like infinite number of tricks that you could try that's a good point yeah yeah i, I just straight up man he just doesn't care he doesn't care niger niger is beyond caring at this point he, he took a, a like i said earlier took that l at the olympics now nothing matters only winning I'm, like you know what like uh, in a perfect world he like you can see niger becoming like um ivan drago you know i mean he's been the heel for a minute although yeah. Got to hand it to him. I mentioned this on the podcast before. At the Street League in uh, Salt Lake City, he did show up and play skate with a bunch of the local homies in, like, some parking lot, which was tight. Got to give him credit for that. Like, a bunch of other dudes did, too. Like, um, maybe Sean Malto, a couple other dudes. That was very cool of him. I mean, you'd figure that somebody with a deep sense of competition would show up for that. But, yeah, I'll I'll give him that. I'll give him that. I don't know. Like like you said, Jason, like uh, a real deal Holyfield rivalry in the contest lane in skating. I'm here for it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But now we got there's like a two way rivalry. There's I, I would say there's also a rivalry between uh, Deshaun Jordan, who I think should have won the Lake Havasu one, and Nija. Now we got Nija and what we call it Midler. And then we also got you know um, Jagger. Jagger, what's his name? Jagger Eaton. Jaeger? Jaeger? I think it's I Jagger. Know. I think he's named after the know. dude from... Uh... Oh, not the dude. Jagger? No. no the... I know this thing. I think it's named after the song by Maroon 5 that they wrote about Mick Jagger. No That's way, weird. dude. When did that... Well, isn't there a cost? <laughs> when, did that song... when did that song come yeah, out? I, sure that, I, I refuse to believe that. Hold up, hold up. Let's see, Let me see how old Jagger Eaton is. Okay, so, so Costin Eaton... Is a real person. So whatever story you need to tell about the other dude with the last eat, last name eaten is no. I'm I'm I am off by just a decade, but that's not bad. Jagger Eaton was born in 2001. Moves like Jagger came out in 2011. That being said, like 
I mean, like, you better be an athlete with a name like Jagger Eaton. Good baseball name, actually. I could definitely see someone like him playing for, like, the Cardinals or something like that. Right? <laughs> Next up at bat, we got Jagger Eaton. Like the Texas Rangers. Baseball, name. Texas Rangers. Hey, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Our, Maybe, was what's his, his or baseball ass? Yeah, just real basic, uh, like, athletic type of outfit. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Oh, we'd also see, see him on the Angels. Yeah. He does skate <laughs> with it. He does skate with his phone in his pocket, which is insane. I would go nuts. I mean, that's tight. It's also but, insane. It's okay, insane. Yeah, all right. I, I got to empty my pocket. Yeah, it's insane. insane. That, that's a, that's a, another mental. Was he the guy that slammed at the Olympics? Mm. And, and people were talking about him wearing his. Yeah, I, I don't think, think so. he did a. Cra- I don't think he did a. Cra- did he do a crazy slam? I don't remember him doing a crazy Someone slam. Someone slammed at the Olympics and his phone fell out. And like the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Timberwolves beat writer. That's like a Alden Capital owned newspaper. They're good. They're good. But he referenced the skater at the Olympics who fell on their phone. Oh yeah, that, that might could have been him. Yeah. Okay. Which uh, which leads to, and I think we got to breach this subject if we're going to talk about spot etiquette, y'all. Okay. Earbuds slash headphones at the skate spot or at the skate. If there is another. If there is another adult who is skateboarding with you, headphones are banned. If you're solo, if there's kids, you can skate with headphones. Mm-hmm. I would say if there's kids, especially small children, like um, I was saying earlier, earlier before we started that I went to skate a pump track this past weekend, and there were little kids everywhere. Like you had to be 120% alert because uh, they just will run out at you. Also, there were kids on bikes there. But um, Okay, yeah, I mean, that's the carve out. That's the carve out. But Jason, Jason, what do you think? Headphones in? Oh headphones well, off, yeah. Like... I was. Gonna, I used to be adamant, no headphones. But you know, knowing what we know these days about neurodiversity and that kind of thing, you know, that might be the only way that person feels comfortable skating. You know, so you never know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, I think also like maybe like just like the the New York School of uh, Mind Your Own Goddamn Business might be helpful in, in that instance. Like, if that kid yeah. is skating with headphones on. And they're doing yo flips, whatever, whatever. But they're not getting in your way, and you know they're letting you take your turn. They're not snaking anybody. You know, let them live. Just like I just don't understand. Like you fall when you skate. So does everybody just like do their parents just buy them brand new phones when they crack another screen or damage your phone when they fall like fuck on it? Like that's the other wild thing is that people keep their phone in their back pocket and wonder why that shit's bent all out of shape. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like which yeah. is I feel like Big Head Rico in um in Belly. I don't like that shit. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Yeah, but if it's someone that you know isn't, you know what I mean, on the spectrum or whatever, then it's nah. There's no there's no reason to. It's lame. Like like Carol said, it's like, oh, I'm skating by myself, I'm not skating with you, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, like if Mike Carol was there, would you have headphones in? No. Nope. I'd be too stoked. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I'd be really stoked. Uh, which brings us to the part of the show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on? This week, I'm stoked on Venture Trucks, a little hard goods company based in San Francisco, California. Also stoked on a video part from the 90s that I had not seen before. I thought I had seen every good part from that era. Uh, apparently, I was wrong. Someone posted a clip from William Nguyen's part in the Santa Cruz video, SCSVM. Probably the first of many uh, 411 parodies in the skate video realm, but it's a super sick part. 
he was doing some pretty advanced shit for that era just kind of like a cool 1994 style low impact part like do a trick up two stairs and do something over like a smushed garbage can then do a trick down four stairs that type of shit so it's pretty cool if you haven't seen before also stoked on the recent spitfire australia video called scenic it has all the australian rippers that are on the scene right now and there's there's a ton of them i lost track of all the the rippers all the young guns coming out of australia right now but that Roland Davis kid has like a four or five minute part or something. So yeah, sure. once yeah, that kid's that kid's the kid's good, man. What can you say? Like when girl comes out with a video, like look out. What I'm gonna say about that. So I was stoked on that as well. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? Well, I'm stoked on being able to be on the podcast and not be wearing glasses. Uh, I'm still a little light sensitive uh-huh. from LASIK surgery, so I'm wearing sunglasses indoors. But so far, so good. Went to San Diego this weekend. I was really stoked on that. It was very, very fun. Got to meet uh, Jay Grant Britton, Jason Carney, and June Kate at uh, wow. showing up some of uh, Grant Britton's <laughs> work. San Diego is awesome. It reminds me a lot of Wisconsin. For some reason, I'm stoked on Spitfire. Expand on that. Can you expand on that? I'm really interested. I don't know. There was just something about it. Remind me of uh, the summer I lived in Milwaukee and would hang out in Madison on weekends. It's a very similar vibe. I can't quite put my finger on it. Okay. I mean, if it's if it's undefinable, indefinable. I guess guess it it is. It just like it felt like people were ready to party. Okay. You know, like people were ready to party. And like it was, there was I, I don't know. There was there was there was something about it. like it, it was like a feeling I hadn't felt in honestly like in, in twenty years since that summer or tw- over twenty years now. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, San Diego, the Wisconsin of the West Coast. <laughs> I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. Uh, I'm stoked on Kareem Benzema and Kylian Mbappe, both players for the French national team. They killed it this past weekend. Um, stoked on the mail because I got the new CCS. And the new Thrasher on the exact same day. Still feels amazing. And uh, finally, I am stoked on the latest Hit You Off management edit for Traffic Skateboards. Shout out to the god Paul Young. Mike, what you stoked on? Ooh, I'm, uh, I'm stoked upon. Stoked upon. I'm stoked on Side Effect Goods, which is a new clothing company out of the Twin Cities. Um, done by my buddy... Rob Cece, who was a longtime Nike guy, but before that he did Supernatural clothing out of the Twin Cities, which did some cool shit in the late 90s, I think, but definitely the early 2000s. They just did a promo video that will be linked in the show notes. It's uh, got skaters from Des Moines, Iowa, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and then Milwaukee, Max Murphy, an all-time street skating legend of the midwest as well as timmy johnson from chicago so uh stoked on the video that they put out the promo it's super cool pat gallagher has an eye-popping trick at a at a spot that um should be eye-popping if you've never been there but is truly ridiculous if you've been looking at the government center banks the hennepin Hennepin County Government Center banks and been thinking like, oh, could I like kickflip on this? He wrecked it. So I'm stoked on that. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostly skateboarding.net for links to things we talked about and all, you know, every every tangent. Good old Templeton's gonna link to those. I'll remind you that uh, we'd really love to have you send us what you're stoked on to uh you know, really 
flesh out our stoked on Thanksgiving special. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who listens to this show. We do it for fun and it's super dope that anybody wants to listen to it. And we're like a couple years in, I don't know. We enjoy doing it and we're just so happy that anybody wants to listen to it. So, um, if you do have something that you're stoked on, tell us about it. Do that uh, voice clip on your iPhone or other phone recording device and send it to mostly skateboarding at gmail.com. That show will come out a week after this one does. So there you go. Be a part of this thing. Until next week, you can keep up with us all week online. Patrick, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks or on Instagram or Clubhouse at P. Kigongo. Jason, where can the people find you on Bobby Digital's internet? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram at Frozen Carbonite, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Mike, where can the people find you? I have the same handle for Twitter and Instagram at M. Munzenrider. You know what? We'll see you guys next week. There. All right, all right, all right. Let's